Welcome, parents, community members. We are pleased to be here today for our premiere episode of our district podcast, District 35 on the Go. We hope you'll take this opportunity when it's convenient for you to listen, to learn, and to enjoy a few of the happenings across District 35. I am your host, Katherine Wang, superintendent in District 35. And for our premiere episode, we will be joined by Central School Principal Dr. Ryan Mollett, as well as a few fifth grade experts are here with us today to help us learn a little bit more about the student lens on that transition from fourth to fifth grade in our schools. And we hope that this podcast helps our parents, students, and community to be more informed and support that transition from West to Central School. Dr. Mollett, thanks so much for being with us today. We definitely need your expertise, whether it's a parent that's listening or even a student who may be a little worried about that transition from fourth to fifth grade. So we're going to get a chance to hear from you on a variety of topics related to that transition. So when we think about fourth graders heading on over to Central School, what do you think is the most important thing you want our parents to know about our students making that transition from West School to Central School? The question of transitioning from from west to central is a really good one. And in terms of like what's the most important, I would say there's there's a few things for parents to keep in mind. Number one, transitions are a natural part of school. Students transition grade levels. They transition, you know, from the the elementary schools to the middle schools, and then ultimately on to the high schools. and And it's a very normal part of the process. And and our kids do it really, really well. Uh, I think it's really important to understand that that you know fourth to fifth grade, our kids are resilient. They recognize change as part of the process, and they they do it like I said, really, really well. I think the the takeaway for parents in in this fourth to fifth transition is the understanding that uh, Central School will continue to take really good care of your kids. West is an amazing school. It's the, the third and fourth grade experience is, is um, really wonderful. That that same level of care and attention to your children will happen at Central School as well. I, I recognize parents, you know, see it's the big school and there's a lot going on, but the reality is uh, we get to know our kids really, really well. We support them academically and socially. We create environments that, you know, really are conducive to learning. You mentioned, Dr. Mollett, the idea of Central being a larger building. So I know one of the questions sometimes we hear from parents and possibly students is, how on earth will my child know where to go when they arrive at the large building? Can you talk a little bit about um, that process and how do students know how to get around Central School? Yeah, certainly. That's that's a, a probably the most common question that our kids ask uh, you know, prior to the, the transition. And first, I I want parents to understand that our fifth grade wing is really kind of isolated off from the rest of the building. And so our fifth grade classrooms are all basically in the hallway. Uh, They're all kind of next to each other. There are times kids will go out for, you know, uh, physical education, gym class, and and some of the other um, encore type classes, but um, by and large, the bulk of their day is going to be in in one kind of major corridor of the building. 
However, uh, we recognize that the first few days of school, kids won't necessarily know exactly where to go. So uh, just like they did at West uh, School, our teachers will line them up. They'll take them to and from the classes. The first couple of days of school, teachers will, will absolutely be with the kids, making sure that they know where to go. And within, you know, day two or day three, kids know exactly where they're going. And But we make sure that they get to that point with, with um, you know, care. And in the in the odd chance that we have a child who day four, five, six, even ten is is finds themselves wandering in the hall, not quite sure how do I get to the lunchroom or how do I get to my Spanish classroom? Who do they ask? So every staff member in the beginning months of school is on notice that we have a whole new class of students are brand new to Central mm-hmm. School. And and while it doesn't happen frequently, uh, it does happen at times and so so teachers are very uh, adept at picking up on the signals that maybe the student needs a little directional support and i think we'd also share that um our students are really good at noticing our lanyards and knowing that that's a staff member who Mm -hmm. i can go to for help yeah well well cared for is a great way to put that so as a parent at west school i had one main teacher that i communicated Mm -hmm. with and they really became the point person right really k4 so when we think about fifth grade um, how, as a parent, how will I best communicate? And how many teachers am I expected to communicate with? How do I, how do I navigate that as a parent? Sure. So beginning in fifth grade, and then this, this model will continue on, well, actually all the way through high school, but focusing just on central, each student is assigned an advisor. And so that advisor becomes the primary contact for any, any question that you may have. Uh, that that isn't necessarily specific subject related. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, absences or, you you know, just general questions, the parent can just go right to the advisor. That advisor will be able to help with just about anything. If it is a specific curriculum question, say you have a question about social studies or science, you can go directly to that uh, social studies or science teacher. In terms of how many teachers um, students will have it, it could be three four uh, emails phone calls are are perfectly um, you know appropriate our teachers are really quick to respond get back to you know whatever those questions are if you need you know a, a, additional time to talk through whatever the question may be uh, just ask the teacher for you know 15 20 minute phone conference and and they're always available to take that as well so part of what we talk about as our students are developing and growing is them taking on more ownership responsibility. So let's ask the question that as a parent, um, what do I do or what do, what do you expect from our students if my child forgets their lunch or their homework or, or their instrument for the day? What's our, what's our protocol and what are ways we can sure. help build some ownership and responsibility with our with our students? Yeah, so so just like every grade, we are encouraging and working and supporting our kids to increase that uh, you know independence or or the individual advocacy that they do have. I will say to the parents, if your child you know forgets uh, his or her homework, uh, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It is not something that we encourage parents to bring to school. Uh, there is a, a natural consequence and a really strong learning opportunity for students to say, "Oh goodness, you know, I have to make sure that doesn't happen again." In terms of a lunch, I know parents, you know, we want to make sure that the kids are nourished and, and um, you know, have the energy to fulfill the day. So, if a lunch is forgotten, you certainly can bring it to the foyer of of Central School and um, just you know, with a little note on it, whose lunch it is, and it, it can it'll be picked up. If you can bring it before 
before, say, 10.30 a.m., we'll make sure that lunch gets to the cafeteria. But again, if a student forgets their, their homework or something, it's not the end of the world, and it's a really good opportunity to learn a, a valuable life lesson. So that's a really important point, that we are giving our parents permission to step back and let those natural consequences occur, and it is not the end of the world, right, and helping our students to understand that. You referenced something, Dr. Mollett, that I think leads into another question that we're very often asked about, does my fifth grader need a phone? So if I leave something, do I, as a parent, do I text them to say I left... I left your lunch in the in the vestibule. Does a fifth grader need a phone to be at Central School? <laughs> so that's a, that's a really really good question. I, I suppose I'll I'll answer it in in two two different ways. Like the the first is you know families will decide whether or when a student uh, will have a phone. Like that's going to be a very personal decision that families uh, can make together. I will say specific to Central, and do they need a phone for Central? The, the answer to that is no. Uh, students do not need uh, a phone while they're here in the building, and in fact, we we really uh, subscribe to the philosophy of a way for the day, meaning that if a student does bring a phone to Central School, we ask the student to turn the phone off and keep the phone in the locker, because then it's free from distraction. Students are free from distraction. They're not getting alerts. They're not getting text messages. Uh, we we just we want them to be here, be present, without the external influences that we know come. Uh, with say social media and all of that sort of stuff. So at Central School, the answer is uh, no, they don't need a phone. And if they do have one, we do ask that they're off in the locker from the time they come in until the time that they leave um, Central. So um, Central School, a, a, a really robust schedule, a lot of learning opportunities for, for our students other enrichment opportunities that happen, whether it be before or after school, what can a fifth grader expect for homework and additional must-dos after the day ends? Sure. So we, we really believe that homework should be an extension of learning that takes place within the classroom setting. So the homework that we do do offer and provide for fifth graders really does kind of fit that extension that, we're, that I just referenced. You know, any anywhere between, I wouldn't say more than an hour. Like, that would be the cap for a fifth grader. If, if um, you know, if, if you're looking at 30 to 45 minutes per night, that is generally the, the, the average, I, I, with some flexibility knowing that one day it might be a little more, maybe a little bit less. But, you know, let's say let's say a cap at, at an hour. Now, what I would say, like, if, if you find your child is doing significantly more than an hour, uh, the first thing I'd want you to do is is um, contact your child's ad, ad advisor and say like this, this is what's going on, um, and and maybe we can have a conversation about you know what are the circumstances around the length of homework because you know kids um, you know at a, at a certain point it's 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 not going to be of benefit. So again, if if it's significantly more than an hour, contact your child's advisor and say like can we have a conversation about this um, because there might be some strategies and things we can employ to to maybe um, bring that down. We, we certainly do not want kids spending, you know, all night on a homework, on homework because we recognize uh, they are involved in many things after school that have significant value in a child's life. We want them to be able to do that without being consumed with the stress of trying to, like, I have all this homework to do. We want them to be engaged and present while they're here as well as while they're doing their extracurricular stuff. So it makes you think about um, 
managing all of those new experiences and the possibility of as a fifth grader I might I might have a few more long-term projects I might have to be more mindful of what's due on each day and that for us falls under that category of executive functioning what will our students learn about that do we build those type of skill development opportunities into fifth grade and on the flip side what do our parents need to know about that and how do we help our parents know here's what your children will learn in fifth grade to manage their lives to manage their projects to manage their homework yeah so that, that's a really good question so so I'd say that the first the first and foremost um, thing that the parents could do is is uh, just check in with with um, their child says so what's going on what's coming up in class uh, then I would say take a look at the assignment notebook so at Central we still use the actual physical assignment notebook kids like teachers spend time every day going through the assignment notebook making sure that the daily homework is is uh, listed as well as long-term projects because this is where you really start to see teachers helping students plan uh, for things that aren't do tomorrow but they're due in two days or three days it, it does kind of you know falls under that executive um, functioning umbrella where we're preparing them for you know all that is coming and our teachers spend quite a bit of time helping them uh, with those those demands um, it, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of nice to see kids evolve in that way they start to think long term and they start planning like well I've got something on Tuesday night and this is due Thursday so I, I need to make sure I get it so kids really start to pick up on those skills the one thing that we do in fifth grade uh, to help because we recognize it is a transition and kids are learning and developing is our teachers do send home like a, a, a weekly uh, update to parents and so they will say like here's here's uh, you know the upcoming projects here's where we're headed if there's a field trip coming up you know, there's any of the reminders that parents need so uh, look for those they, they t generally go out on Fridays so Dr. Mollett the transition to middle school is for our students but we also recognize it's a transition for our parents too so tell us a little bit about the ways parents can still get connected and involved in volunteering at Central School. We recognize that the uh, you know the day changes the format kind of changes as kids go from West into Central School uh, but we certainly still ask parents we, we still have uh, room, room moms room dads for our classrooms uh, we, we have parents that come in uh, frequently to help you know, stock books in the library, just volunteer in our library. But I'd also say, uh, you know, we, we um, certainly could use parents that have time and are available to, to do work with our uh, PTO as well as the Glencoe Junior High Project. So, you know, just kind of be on the lookout for information from both of those organizations because they just do incredible work for our kids and our school. And any parent that has the uh, time or willingness to be part of those organizations as well, it all comes back and benefits, you know, our learning environment here. So those are two really good ways to get involved. Um, another thing I would just kind of add as a commercial into next year, we are launching a, a kind of a, a monthly series of very central specific topics for parents to, you know, engage in maybe a roundtable discussion. Uh, some of the topics we're considering right now is, you know, helping kids managing in the digital world. We talked a little bit about phones earlier uh, in the podcast here. Um, so we, we want to um, help parents with that piece as well. Maybe uh, helping kids in the, the, the whole executive functioning umbrella will have something maybe taking a look at uh, the importance of sleep and how we're ensuring kids are are getting the appropriate amount of sleep maybe the adults as well so um, you know that those are things that we we are kind of taking a look at next year so it's another way for parents to be involved we look forward to that thank you thank you thanks dr. Mollett for being with us and it, it's really clear how much time and care you're putting into leading the school and and helping to support our youth as they make this transition I will nourish you, I may
so fortunate today to have some fifth grade experts with us and we'll have the opportunity to hear their perspective on transitioning from West School to Central School as a fifth grader. So we've got Peter here today. So Peter, way back when you were a fourth grader, I know that's a long time ago, um, you had the opportunity to come over and visit Central. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Was that helpful? Do you remember how you were feeling then? Yeah, it was really helpful because I got to see the school and the layout of the building. I highly recommend it. You also get a sense of relief because you know where all your classes are and what to expect. You also learn that all the fifth graders go th through their own separate entrance and stay in their own part of their school. We are so glad that we also have Jane with us. Jane is another fifth grade expert who's gonna help us to understand a little bit more about that transition from fourth grade to fifth grade. So way back when you were a fourth grader, I know that was a while ago, right? You came to Central School and you had a chance to visit and tour the building. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Was it helpful? What do you remember? Um, it was really helpful me, for me to understand like where all my classes were. Before that, I had no idea. I didn't even know what level they were on. And also, the hallways looked all the same, and it was kind of scary, because I, I thought I'd never find my way. But now, it's a lot easier for me, because like, I like learned how to navigate around in like the first week of school. So the first week, after the first week, you felt comfortable moving around the building? Yeah, I did. So, Jane, that is one of the questions that parents often ask about is, how is my child going to know how to get around that huge building, Central School? What, what do you say to that now? How would you answer that now as a fifth grader? Well, it was pretty easy because there's like, Central School is a really big school, but there's like fifth grade section, sixth grade section, seventh and eighth, and you only have to be in the fifth grade section. You're not walking around the entire school trying to find your class. And also the teachers will be understanding if you're late in like the first couple of weeks. Peter. How would you answer that when, when you think about like trying to get around the building, get to your classes? So, I think it's kind of easy. There's only there's stairs that take you everywhere from fifth grade. I did get lost once going to art, my first time ever, and then um, I had to go to the nearest classroom, and I asked them, and it was very easy to get to art now. But I also have an older brother, so when so when I don't know. Where stuff is, I just asked him. <laughs> so it sounds like you, you felt comfortable. You could go in and ask another teacher. You could ask another student. Like, everyone's pretty, pretty yeah. helpful around the building. Yeah, no one's mean. Now that you're nearing the end of fifth grade, what is something, when you look back, that you wish you knew when you were making that transition from west over here that could have been really helpful? Is there something that you wish, gosh, I wish I had known this? I kind of said this before. But also, all the teachers and classmates will help you know that where you're going, and they'll help you with your homework if you're feeling that it's too much, or if you're feeling like you're going to get lost. Like, it's easy to navigate that with friends and teachers to help. That's great to know. What about you, Peter? What do you wish you knew before the transition to fifth grade? I expected a lot of homework, but you actually don't get a lot. And I thought that the days would be so much longer at West, but they're almost the same. Also, all the teachers and staff are so nice and easy to talk to. When you think about now, you are really 
a fifth grade expert. Like you've done it. You're almost done with the year. What's Mm -hmm. one of your favorite things about Central School? One of my favorite things about Central is that you're so close to town. So after school, it's so fun walking to town with your friends and talking. You also, you can be a part of some really cool clubs like uh, plays, chess, and all other cool trends, student council, what I'm in. I really like student council. So Jane, you are a fifth grade expert. You're almost at the end of fifth grade. What's one of your favorite parts of Central School? Some of my favorite parts are definitely like all the teachers. They're all really nice. I love all of my classes because of the teachers. Um, and also I really like the specials like art, communications, core, or, um, STEAM, and Project Lead the Way. Um, like, and, and the teachers, they're really nice too. Like in art, we got to choose our own seats and, and the projects are fun. When you think about all those fourth graders who are gonna come over this next year, What's something you might recommend for an incoming fifth grader that would help them to really be comfortable transitioning okay. over to Central School? Try not to get too stressed out. And don't worry about what team you're on, because all the teams are great. And you, and in the tour, you get to walk the halls and get to know everything. Also, get involved with like clubs with the school, because they're really fun. <laughs> and also, don't be afraid to talk to your teachers. They want to help you. Peter, that's really great advice. I, I, it makes me feel like you've had a really positive experience being over at Central, and it, it wasn't anywhere near as scary or challenging as maybe you thought it was going to be? No, not at all. Jane, what's something you would recommend for an incoming fifth grader that would help them feel more comfortable with Central School? Something that might help them feel more, like, ready is to have like an organized trapper, an organized desk, locker, because it all helps to like calm any feelings you're having. Um, and also like to know where you're putting your stuff in your binder helps too, because there's like pockets built into the binder. Everyone has the same binder. Um, and there's parts built into the binder that can help. You can label them. It's easy to understand with that. It sounds like you're, you're using that in a really productive way and it's helping you to stay organized. Jane, thank you so much. You've shared wonderful tips and ideas and reflections so that we can help our fourth graders make a really healthy, positive transition to Central. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Peter. Your insights were incredibly helpful and we appreciate all that you've shared to help our fourth graders make that move to Central School. Thank you for having me. <laughs> our parents and community. Thank you for listening. We, we hope this was helpful as we launch our first podcast talking about the transition from fourth to fifth. And as a reminder, we call our transition program formally Project Welcome. That will be coming up on May 23rd. Students will have an opportunity to visit Central School in the morning. And then parents, you will be invited to visit in person at Central School in the evening. So watch for that. Save the date on your calendars. And as we complete our first podcast, we'd like to reach out and share a big cheers and thanks to our band, our chorus, and our orchestra programs. They helped put together the transition music for the podcast. We look forward to continuing our podcasts and chatting about other topics in the future. And thanks for joining us. 